My name is Mark Madison, and I am so very proud to have Fujitsu General America as a sponsor. At Fujitsu, they're focused on partnering with the best distributors and contractors to ensure that each Fujitsu heating and cooling system brings infinite comfort to every end user. Kevin Knebel is an international speaker, author, trainer, and joy de vivre coach, whose clients include small, medium, and Fortune 500 companies. He's an in-demand leading authority on social selling, relationship marketing, LinkedIn, and Twitter with a healthy dose of personal development and humor, blended in for good measure for conferences, conventions, company trainings, and many other events. He's also the co-author of Social Media Sales Revolution, the new rules for finding customers and building relationships and closing more sales through online networking. Whew, that's a mouthful. Kevin, welcome to the show. Welcome to my very first podcast, Flying Solo, but I'm not alone on this flight. I have my old and dear friend, Kevin Knebel. Kevin, how in the world are you? If I were any better, my name would be Mark Madison. Mark, wow. it's great to speak with you. Hope you're having a great morning wherever you are, maybe Edmonds, maybe Australia. Yeah, no, I'm in a town so boring when the tide goes out, but it doesn't come back in. Little Edmonds, Washington. Cool. Our state flower is algae. I don't know what your state flower is in Colorado. I think it's cannabis. It, yes, it probably was. <laughs> We're trying to get ours changed, but uh, it's going to be, since you guys beat us to the punch, well, there it is. So, Kevin, you're in just outside of Colorado, or just uh, outside of Denver in Colorado. I am. I'm in Parker, Colorado. It's uh, about 20 minutes to downtown Denver, and I'm looking out the window at the snow-covered Rocky Mountains, and we've had, over the last two days, maybe a maybe a close to a foot of snow and it's a beautiful Colorado. It's got a lot of sunshine there. After it snows, it's sunny for like three weeks. That's so great. People don't know that. We get over 300 days a year. I know. I know that. Yeah, I know. I'm jealous. (laughs) So I'm trying to remember how we met and and we met. Well, I kind of remember how we met. We met. I don't remember what year it was. I'm going to guess it was seven, eight years ago, maybe more through a gentleman named Patrick Snell. Yes. And, and Patrick was a guy that I crossed paths with, and, and obviously you had crossed paths with him. And then at some point, the three of us had a dinner one evening in Edmonds, Washington, and off to the races we went. Jeez. And you know, our lives have been intertwined ever since. That bum lives in Maui. I know. The slums. I, I, was, I was, since in September, I was there speaking, and uh, my wife and I stopped by and we had uh, coffee with uh, with Patrick in his amazing house. Yeah. And uh, he's got a beautiful view of the valley and he's just in a lovely spot. So so let me ask you this. You're, you're this international speaker. You're this LinkedIn guru. You're this relationship guy, this communications expert. But how did you get started as a speaker? Um, it was an accident, actually. It was... Um I was a piano player who threw a chain of avails, which would have been the last thing in the world I ever would have imagined, but I did. <laughs> I had a, a sex change would have been more in my comfort zone. Sure. And, and, and um, I had some good mentors that taught me that long-term success in business and in sales doesn't come down to your product knowledge. It comes down to your ability to sincerely and authentically connect with people. Yes. So while most people in sales were studying closing ninja maneuvers, 
I was studying interpersonal skills, emotional intelligence, networking, relationship building. I'm fortunate I was a top salesperson for four different companies and four different industries. And then in 2003, LinkedIn launched Cinco de Mayo, 2003. And I'm not a computer geek. I've never been a computer geek. I'm an old school, belly to belly, scotch to scotch, cigar to cigar kind of guy. And I got on LinkedIn. I started using it in my sales processes. And then people started asking me, hey, could you come speak to us about how to do this, how to use it? And at first I said, I'm not a speaker. And then they said, well, we'll pay you. And I said, well, I guess I'm a speaker. And then, and, uh, you know, I'm a pretty simple guy. I'm not that complex. So, so um, that it all, I never really planned on it. It just kind of happened. And now for about the last 10 years, I've been kindly asked to speak typically in about one, sometimes two cities a week all around the world. And um, yeah, it's a great divine accident. I know there, 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 there are no accidents. Yeah. Right. And we had the unique opportunity to share a stage, gosh, a year and a half, two years ago, and that was something. To watch you in action is 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 a thing of beauty to behold. You're uh, you command the room, my friend. Uh, you know they were just in rapt attention while you talked, and it was so much fun. Well, you're very you're very kind, and they and I've seen the audiences with you, and it's the same exact thing. Where you and I are both there with the servant right. Heart. Well, and I think one of the things we share in common is is our absolute love of not only the audience, but we just can't believe we get paid for this. <laughs> don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody that we would do it for free. Don't tell them that. They don't need to know that. Well, you know, it was the Steve Martin album, Let's Get Small. Uh, there's that that moment, that bit where he says, he's playing the banjo and he stops, and then he turns to the stage manager and says, how many people? people are here tonight and they said 4,000. He said, how much did they pay to get in? And he says, $4. It's an old album. And then he breaks into a completely different tune on the banjo and he says, well, the most amazing thing in the world is I get paid for doing this. And he's like mocking the audience, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's how we feel, right? Getting to do what we love to do and we get paid for it. It's crazy. Well, I, you know, I, I often tell people I, I have a definition of work. Can I give you my definition? Would you give work? us the definition of your work? <laughs> this is Kevin Knebel's definition of the word work. Okay, not my work. We'll get to that in a second, but just work in general. It has five points. So just like hold up your hand and we'll run from the, the thumb to the pinky. Number one, work is getting up at a time you don't want to get up to go someplace you don't want to go to do something you don't want to do with people you don't want to see for too little money. <laughs> And that's what, that's what most of us at some point in our yes. lives have done. So the, op, the opposite of that, Mark, is what you and I get to do. So you and I don't work for a living. We play yes. for a living. So the, so the opposite of those five things is that we get to get up when we want to get up, to go where we want to go, to do what we want to do with the people we want to see, and we're often paid more than we right? really should. And there's worse ways to live. Yeah. There's there's worse ways to live. And one of your favorite quotes has to do with mosquitoes. Would you mind sharing that quote? <laughs> well, because, because you and I are effectively running around the world, spreading, sharing the love, spreading the love, uh, which is what I call it, because uh, I'm a hippie in a suit. Um, you and I really are mosquitoes in a nudist colony of opportunity. We are surrounded with more opportunities than, than we'll ever be able to get to in five lifetimes. Yeah. And, you know, I have friends say oh do you have to travel i said no i get to 
Yeah. Right? The first time I went to Australia, this woman said, oh, my God, Australia, how long did it take to get there? I said, well, it was LAX to Sydney's like 14 hours. She goes, 14 hours on an airplane? Yeah. I said, look, movies, a book, a couple of meals, and a nap. And then you're down under, mate. There you she go. is. You know, it's there like you, there you go. See, there you go. You're making sense, and that now you're totally messing with people <laughs> because because we live in a world that doesn't make a right. lot of sense. So once you once you start making sense, they're looking at you like you have three heads. And I get the same question: Isn't the travel a grind? Right. And I often say, well, you know, if I hated what I did and if I hated the people I had to do it with, yeah, I guess it probably would be in a grind. Right. But the, but the fact that I get to go where I want to go and do what I want to do and hang out with wonderful people, no, nah, the travel's not a grind, you know? No. I, so, and depending on how punchy I am, I'll just ask them, do you love your job? Right. And they'll often say no. And I go, oh, that sounds like, that, isn't that a grind? Right. But th- th- there we go. Now I'm making way too much sense right Common sense. well and the the word i use is get i yeah. get to do this yes every day i get to speak a couple of times a week i i i get to travel the world i get to do what i love and that's if, if you do what you love you never worry what you're saying exactly what i'm saying and yeah if you there's a world of difference between getting to do something and having to do right. something yeah, and, yeah. That's, and that's not, you know, that's clever wordplay. That's not semantics. That's, that's pretty Get profound, to, choose actually. to, want to. Yeah. Hell so, yeah. So if you're, if you're this expert, right, you're expert in a couple of different areas on relationships and communication. If I had to ask you the three things, if, if you were to develop a breakthrough relationship with somebody, that, that was the objective. What are the three things you would suggest that you do? Well, I'm kind of old school. So I read this book called How to Win Friends and Influence People back in 1992. And then I read it again, and I read it again, and I read it again. And I I really haven't read it. I've studied it a lot. And and I'm not in any way saying that I'm some enlightened Buddha that's got it all figured out. It's just that we get good at what we study. And one of the things that I took away from that book, and there were many things that I've taken away from that book, but one of the primary things is to take a sincere interest in other people. And the key word there is sincere. Right, and we we live in a society, and I'm not bashing America. I'm all for America. Go America! But, but we live in a culture that doesn't really teach us to take a sincere interest in people. We live in a culture that teaches us techniques to make it look like we take a sincere interest right. in people. How do I make it look like I really care? Well, why don't you just really care? <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, but I don't know. I just, I just want to know the three steps to how do I yeah. really come across as really connect? No, no, why did you just really, you know? So there's a lot of irony in it. A lot of irony. You know, I'm a big fan of irony. Maybe it's my twisted sense of humor. But the, the, the longer I do this stuff, the more I see that we're innocently taught techniques without a fundamental understanding of the principles behind what makes something work. Right. So, so you and I both know the statement that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to people who they know, like, and trust. And I stand on stages all around the world. And in the first five minutes, I always look at the audience and I say, is there anyone in the room that would disagree with that? Right. And nobody ever puts their hand up because to put your hand up would be an indication that you're an idiot. And it would be the equivalent of saying that gravity doesn't. Right. And then I look at the audience and I say, well, Here's the, here's the deal. 
we all agree that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to people that they know like, and can trust. And then we innocently forget it every five minutes. Right. So when I first heard that in round 92, I said to myself, well, once I figure out the product knowledge, if I just focus on how to become more knowable, likable, and trustable, not in a technique ninja maneuver way, but in a sincere, authentic way, well, then things should kind of work right. Out. So your question is, you know, what would be a couple things that would cause you to have better relationships? And I took that to mean whether it's in business or whether it's in your personal life. Right. Because Just you people. Can't outrun, yeah, you can't outrun your character. Well, and you so, and I don't do business with corporations. We do business with people who work in those corporations. <laughs> Isn't that so obvious that we tend to miss it, right? So, yeah, it's not all things. Things being equal, corporations do business with people who don't know. No, it's all things being equal, people will do business with, right? So um, I find that the bar is getting set lower and lower every year, actually, which makes it easier and easier to differentiate yourself from the rest of the crowd by just taking a sincere interest. It's, part of it is actually slowing down. Right. So, so when we actually slow down, because I don't care if you're running Mach 5 with your receding hairline on fire and so am I. Even if we have good intentions to connect with each other, I don't know about you, but if you and I were running next to each other down a track at full speed, it's pretty hard to shake hands. Yes. At full, at full sprint. So we have to so, slow down. So we actually, but here's the irony. Everything in our society would tell us, no, 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 speed up. Right. But the, but the irony is actually slowing down and and sincerely and authentically connect will actually get you to a goal faster. But, it's, but, I, but I have to be careful when I say that because it sounds like a technique. I don't mean it as a technique. I mean it when you sincerely and authentically connect with people, the likelihood of there being some kind of a favorable outcome goes through, through the roof. Um, so I guess, you know, the first thing that comes to mind when you ask me that question is just take, everybody listening, including myself, should just take the time to sincerely and authentically take an interest in other people. And once we do that, all kinds of wonderful benefits come up that would not have otherwise come up. Does that make sense, Mark? Well, it does because you're, you're really echoing the Zig Ziglar quote. It really is true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It's really true. Yeah, it's really true. So you're, you're also, you're also saying slow down and maybe listen, you know, the, the thing I the thing I get all the time is most especially salespeople they're not listening to understand they're waiting to talk. Yes. And in that slowing down, it's saying I'm going to focus on you and I'm going to care about you and because I care about you, I'm going to take the time to listen and understand. And if I don't get to talk, that's okay. Well, yeah, the, the listening thing is an is an indication of taking a sincere interest. Exactly. To me, they're connected. So when it goes back to the sincere, when we take a sincere interest, then there's natural things that come from that. Right. To your point, listening. <laughs> right. So if we don't take a sincere interest, we're not really listening. We're just waiting for our turn to talk. Right. And most people, you know, we're not taught. What's interesting, Thing is we live in a world here i'm going to go i'll, I'll be i'll be socrates or socrates or socrates yes. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. I'll, I'll be socrates for 30 seconds 
we, we live in a world where all of the things that will allow us to lead happy, fulfilling lives, we're never taught. <laughs> we're taught things. No, that's true. We're taught, that's true. We're taught things like, you know, the Pythagorean theorem and, oh boy, I used that five times yesterday. And right? what is so, an isosceles triangle anyway? Exactly. I barely know what a friggin' triangle is, right? So, so and the triangle, friggin' is not a swear, it's a New Jersey term of endearment. So, so we're not taught. We're not taught things like conversation skills. Right. We're taught five strategies. Here we go with the techniques again. Right. Five, five strategies to become compelling to the listener. Um, no, actually, if you just really, really listen, you'll be far more compelling than trying to figure out some, you know, retarded, uh, no offense to, to the retarded, you know, anything. But to try and master body language, well, relaxed body language is a natural outcome of, of deep listening. Right. But if I'm trying to control my body language because I'm trying to make an impression, the fact that I'm trying to make an impression is an indication that I'm not being sincere and authentic to begin with. And back to Dale so, Carnegie, he said, you can make more friends in less time, spending time being genuinely interested in what other people say in two, in two minutes than trying to get them to be interested in you for two hours. Exactly right. And that's a loose paraphrase, but that's really what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. The best, the best salespeople, but this isn't what I'm about to say next isn't for salespeople. It's for, instead of using the word salespeople, I, I could use the word uh, relationship builders. I could use whatever. The, the people that really succeed in life are the ones that really learn how to take a sincere interest in other people. Right. Yeah. But again, what did, you, what did Yogi Berra say? You can observe a lot by watching, but he also said, if you can fake sincerity, you got it made. <laughs> and when you get to a fork in the road, take it. Yeah. Exactly. All right. All right. Nobody goes there anymore. It's way too crowded. Yogi Berra was, was wise beyond his years. Yes. My, my favorite story about him is he's golfing with Mickey Mantle in there, and he, he slices one that's going right in the pond. Yeah. And, and he goes, oh, great, that one's going in the water. And Mickey said, Yogi, you got to be positive. He goes, fine, I'm positive it's going in the water. <laughs> oh, man, he was a genius. He was a genius. <laughs> oh. So what, what was, what's number three? Uh, don't lend friends money. I don't know, just give it to them, right? <laughs> Neither a lender nor a borrower be. Now you're no. quoting Hamlet? Yeah, oh. you know, lender nor borrow be just if you're gonna, you know, never loan money to yeah, friends. I learned that lending albums to guys. Uh, yeah. For the millennials, albums were these things that we we had. Oh, anyway, so um, I lent a, uh, uh, an LP to a friend of mine, and I and when I finally got it back, like a year later, it was all scratched. Yeah. So and same with books. This is like just give it to them. Just yeah. here, just take it. Just give it to them. Give it away. Give it away. See, it, it, see, we try to. Here, I'll be so great again. Um, if we can't let something go, we don't have it. It has us. Right. Well, you you remember the conversation you and I had. We had this condo over in Chelan. Mm -hmm. And I show up. I had been there in a couple of months. And somebody had moved in next door that I did not know. And they <laughs> they took our welcome. Our, our welcome I remember this. Yeah, right? I remember this. So, so I pick it up and move it back in front of our place, and I go inside, and I come back that night, go outside that night, and it's back over there again. <laughs> and so I knock on the door, and I go, hey, that's my, you know, sorry, 
start yelling at these people. Anyway, they, they looked at me like I had two heads, and then the next day it's back over there again. And I, we talked like the next day, and I, I, I was just like beside myself, and you said, Mark, how much does that welcome mat cost? I said, I don't know, nine, ten bucks at the hardware store? He goes, and you said to me, you remember this? You said, it's $10. You can have peace of mind for $10. Let it go. Go buy a new mat. And I, that was like a revelation. It was like, and here's the thing. You said it before. It's uncommon sense. Yeah. Okay? That's what we do. We, we talk to people about uncommon sense. That was the best $10 I ever spent. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, but, but our, you know, we get all whacked out in our heads. In oh. You know what? If the guy really wants the mat, it's 10 bucks. There you go. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's crazy, the stuff that we let drive us crazy, you know? Well, there's one other thing about Kevin Knebel that I really admire. Well, there's a whole bunch of things. We don't have enough time to go through all the things I admire about you. But one of, the, one of your admirable qualities is whenever we talk, and we talk, I don't know, five or six times a year probably, maybe more, you always remember whatever was going on with me the last time we talked. And you almost always bring that up. And then the other thing is you ask about my family. Yeah. And that's, that's back to your, your point about caring. And I would argue this. You, it's not a clever strategy. It's a philosophy that you live your life by. You, Kevin Knebel, live your life by. You're other-centered, my friend. Well, I'm pretty boring. I already know everything about me, so why would I want to talk about me? Let me talk about you. <laughs> And the, you know what we're doing right now? I remember like a year ago, we, we talked for like 30 or 40 minutes. And I said, you know, this should be a podcast. Well, we just got done talking about, that's just gold, Jerry, gold. And you said, yeah, we should do this. Be careful what you ask for. I just became Banya. Gold, Jerry, gold. Gold. Ovaltine. You got you to you let, let, let your listeners know that. You know, that's a Seinfeld line, folks. That's yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure I, most of the people listening are going to understand I that one. Banya. I loved Banya. I loved Banya. That's gold, Jerry. Gold. Gold. He <laughs> <laughs> followed Jerry with everything. It's just so funny. Oh, yeah. So, so that's a nice segue into one of the things I do in, in uh, I do a seminar on customer services, you all know. And one of the questions I ask the audience, is what bugs you, right? And that's at, at the heart of Seinfeld. It's all the little picadillos in our lives that that, that grate our personality, right? To just right. So, uh, is there anything that bugs Kevin? Um, what an interesting question. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that. But if you want me to unpack it, I'll be happy to. Talk what to me. Bug, what bugs Kevin? So what bugs me is when I innocently believe my thinking without questioning it. Mm. That's what bugs me. Can you give an example? By the way, that's what bugs everybody. That's, yes. It's not, that's just not a Kevin thing. So, so tra traffic doesn't bug us, but we're innocently trained to believe that traffic bugs us or interest rates bug us or Hillary or Donald or, or any of a trillion things bug us. But in reality, that's, literally impossible if i asked one of your, your audience members to say explain to me how the physical traffic outside gets inside my head and affects my mood you literally couldn't do it right 
because because everything has to pass through the filter of thought. And what's interesting is we're taught techniques again to try to control our thinking. Nothing could be stupider. It's like trying to control the weather. The, the only thing we need to do is deepen our understanding of what thought is, not for individual thoughts, but the actual thought with a big T instead of all of our million daily personal thoughts with a small T. Once we really start to under how the, understand how the mind and thought works, that doesn't mean we don't have crap in our life. We'll always have crap in our lives. It's just that we won't get so innocently tricked into getting pissed off so easily or offended so easily or whatever because all we're innocently doing is forgetting that it's just thought it's just thought it's like clouds in the sky they come and go so your question is what bugs kevin well what bugs me is when i innocently forget that thoughts that i am not the clouds that come through the sky i am the sky and the clouds come and go the more i can remember that or the quicker I can remember that when I'm in a bad mood, the, the, the more fun I am to be around. The less I remember that, the less fun I am to be around. Does that make any sense? It does. Well, and the, the, one of the traps is we, we should on ourselves. <laughs> and what I mean by that is we have expectations. Mm-hmm. The traffic shouldn't be this bad. That person shouldn't have said, Where, where's my lunch? I just ordered, was, we've been here for 45 minutes. Where's the meal? Right, so it's all about expectations, or maybe more accurately, unmet expectations. And so we should on ourselves, and we should on others, and then we get all twisted up. And the reality and is, that, it takes as long as it takes, and it is what it is. Yeah, and everything you just described is just thought. Right, attached to some pretty intense emotions. Well, emotions are nothing more than an indication of the quality of our thoughts. <laughs> now you're messing with me. Now I really went way deep down the rabbit hole. Yeah, the, this okay. is this can is I, beyond Socrates. This is. Uh, can I give you? Can I can I give you an example? Sure. So if you stepped on a nail, would it hurt? Yeah, it would for me. I've done that before. Of course it would. And and why do, why would it hurt? Well, it's probably the piercing of the skin and the blood gushing and you know the nerve endings uh, getting excited. Uh, I don't know. There's you a you, you nailed it. You nailed it. It's because the human body has the nervous system built into it that when, we, when you step on a nail, there's the, you know, a nerve that goes to your brain and goes, oh, crap, something's wrong with your foot. So on one hand, you know, nobody wants to step on a nail. But on the other hand, the pain is actually a blessing letting you know that there's something that you need to, to pay attention to. Right. Well, it's the same thing with emotions. So when we feel agitated, it will actually always appear to be because of some external situation or circumstance. But in reality, that's the psychological nervous system. It's just letting us know that our mind is revving up just like a tachometer on a car. When we, I don't care. I drive a Mercedes. It's a very nice vehicle, but it's not designed to drive at 7,000 RPMs for 10 hours in a row. So if you're driving a car and it's in the red line on the tachometer, I don't care how good that car is at a certain point, it's going to do damage to the car. Right. So when we get all stressed out and and whacked out or whatever, anything other than clarity and peace, which is our natural state, it will almost always appear that it has to do with politics or religion or our sports team losing. But in reality, it's nothing more than an indication that our mind has innocently accelerated 
and we need to slow down. Right. Matter of fact, if you take a snow globe, we're taught things like positive affirmations and all this other stuff, which I'm not trying to put that down. I guess there's a time and a place for that. But if you shook up a snow globe, I don't care how positive your affirmations are, that's not gonna make the, the snow settle any faster. The only thing that will make that snow settle is putting down the globe. And we're actually taught a thousand and one techniques with good intentions. I don't think everybody's trying to con us, but we're taught with good intentions. Well, you know, do this and do that. When in reality, it's just, no, you just need to know that the nature of the snow is to settle when you put down the globe. So most of the things that we're taught are actually increasing the shaking of the globe. We're putting more thought on top of more thought on top of more thought. When in reality, and I'm not saying we have to meditate. I'm just saying we're sit under a tree and, you know, sit around a crystal and hum. But we don't innocently, we're not taught how the mind works. And it makes total sense then that we would have all kinds of challenges because we don't understand the fundamental principle behind that. So while well, I'm also hearing you say the rabbit hole there for a minute. Well, I'm also hearing you say breathe and wait. Well, at any moment that you're that we're not in a state of peace, it's the equivalent at any moment that we're gonna make a major decision in our life. When we're not in a state of peace, it is the equivalent of making that decision after doing about five shots of tequila. Right. Because we're not thinking with a clear mind. Did you ever notice that when you're really, really mad about something, that's when you're more sure that you're right than any other time? <laughs> and would I, would I rather be right or happy? It's the same. It's the same exact as, you know, hey, when somebody's really drunk and they're grabbing the car keys, they think, Oh, I can drive, <laughs> right? Because in that state of mind, they really do think they can drive, right? But they're drunk, right? Well, we do the same thing. We get all pissed and angry and blah, blah, blah. And then we say, I'm right, blah, blah. But in reality, it's, it's like holding up a sign saying, I am so drunk. Take the keys away from me. <laughs> because anything I'm about to say or do, the likelihood of it turning out good is pretty slim. So maybe I should just, like you just said, Mark, maybe I should just, sit and breathe a little bit and come back to my natural right. state. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, like you, I travel every week and I'm on airplanes and I will tell you that flying by its very nature tests your resolve, tests your patience, <laughs> tests your mental management skills, especially yeah. if you sit in the aisle like I do and these guys whack me in the head or the shoulder, you know, 47 times before the plane takes off. And so I have to say a little serenity prayer and I've got to just breathe and, and and change my expectations you know and the good news is I can change in a minute I can I can take a look at the situation and go there's nothing I can do about this so what am I gonna do right I'm gonna smile I'm gonna have fun I'm gonna maybe create some some love around me talk to people listen say something funny you know relax because because here, here's the here's the the thought. It's like a mantra almost. And I said this on my way back from Grand Rapids, Michigan, this week. I'm in this really long line, and, and I have a clear, like you probably do too. I have the clear yeah. card, right? So I, but but in this airport, there's no clear. So I'm in this really long line, and I thought, okay. And the guy in front of me, I could tell he's getting more agitated, more agitated. It's taking forever. And I said, you know, 150 years ago. 
when our forefathers went from Grand Rapids, Michigan to Seattle, Washington, it took them six months to get there, and it, half of them died along the way. And I'm getting all twisted up about a line that's taking 10 or 15 minutes. Yep. And so I have to, back to your point, I have to remind myself about what's really important. Yeah. Well, exactly we're running out of time, my friend. My gosh, we could probably do two hours, but, and I don't think this will be the last time we do this. We'll just call this part yeah. one. So, okay, so you've written a book, yeah. right? And how do, how, do, how do the people listening get a copy of your book? Uh, uh, well, there's this new thing called the internet. I hear it's going to be big. Yes. So if, if they go onto the interwebs, thank you, Al Gore, and they type in Kevin Knebel. Knebel is five letters, K-N-E-B-L. Really, could I please buy another vowel? Um, most people add an extra vowel. I usually do after a couple Merlots. So if they just type Kevin Knebel into Google or into Amazon, that would be an easy way to find my book. They could also find it on my website, kevinknebel.com. Um, I'm way overdue for another book, so thank you for reminding me that I need to crank out another book because I've certainly got more than enough content to do that. So, And congratulations on your new book for you. Oh, that. That's, yeah, I'm a publisher yeah, now too, so there's that. Yeah, I know. You're, you're like... You're controlling the whole assembly yes. line, brother. You're you got crazy to, from soup to nuts, man. You create the content. You create the content. You distribute the content. Uh, I'm having fun. It's, no one should have this much fun. So, <laughs> and if they want, if somebody wanted to hire you, and, and I'll just say right now, I'll just get this out. You're one of the finest speakers in the world. So, if if they wanted somebody for their next annual meeting or their association gathering, or uh, do they go on your website as well to yeah. to hire you to speak? Yeah, you're so kind. Thank you. So. Um, yes, they would go to kevinkanebel.com. There's a button there where they can send a message to me or they can just shoot me an email, kevin at kevinkanebel.com or call me on my phone. I only have one phone number. I publish it everywhere. Um, so it's very easy for people to communicate with me and any friends of yours are of course friends of mine and uh, money in my world is rarely a deal killer. It's just a matter of delivering value. So just like you, Mark, I speak to Fortune 500 companies, and then I spoke. To, I speak to small companies out in the middle of East Jabib, you know, Texas or Idaho or whatever. And um, but if, if anybody would ever want to discuss that, I am very easy to communicate with, and I'm sure we can figure out a way. And the most amazing thing in the world is we get paid for doing this. Yeah, God, thank God, man. I get on my knees every day and thank God. It's it's. Uh, you and I are what we call blessed and highly favored, and we know it, which makes it even better. We don't take take it for we know that we're blessed, and that just actually multiplies the blessings. So thank you, and it's been an honor to be on your your first podcast, Mark. I love you, brother. I love everything you do. When I grow up, I want to well, be just like you. I had a mentor. I'm only six four. You're like you're like seven nine, but I'm six four. So you're. You know, I had a mentor say to me once, "Don't be so humble. You're not that." Good. Don't, don't be so humble. You're not that great. That now that is genius. That's genius. I just write this stuff down, man. I don't know if I've ever had an original thought. I just I fill a lot of journals full of stuff. So, uh, my friend, happy trails until we meet again. And you know what? Uh, make it a great day, unless you have other plans. Exactly. I don't have any other plans. Get a great day, unless you have other plans. Love you, Mark. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for the value you delivered to the world. And I know Thanks, we'll talk brother. again before soon. Thanks. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Fujitsu General America. And like this podcast, they're focused on education and development. 
From the day they sold their first comfort system in North America, they've been unwavering in their focus on training. It doesn't matter if it's application, installation, or service. A better trained technician brings better value to the homeowner. So when you're looking for infinite comfort, think Fujitsu. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454 or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day unless you have other plans.